This is the Whole Mind Podcast. We are three therapists who love Jesus and want to encourage and educate you about the mind. We are Grace, Wendy, and Candace. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Whole Mind Podcast. We are so excited to jump into a new topic with you. Um, Today, we're talking about attachment theory and kind of how that looks in everyone and how that can like play out from childhood into adulthood. But first, I have a very important question for Mm. Grace and Wendy. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) And that question is, would you rather live in a different country every month or never go on vacation again? (gasps) Oh my gosh. Like, never go on vacation anywhere. Anywhere, like ever. two hours down. Nothing. You are stuck right here. Can you take a staycation? Yeah, what about a staycation? Like, time off of work? That's probably fine, but, like, no traveling. Like, you can't ever, like, <gasps> go. That's not okay, Candace. I know, but you have the answer anyway. It's I actually ask. think this is an easy answer for me. I'm such an really? introvert, <laughs> and I am I love the, the idea of travel, but I'm so lazy that it's, like, it's so much work to travel. So you would die here in Lancaster County, never see outside again. There are some... Why are you going to bring Lancaster County into Sorry. it? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Look, there are some beautiful things in Lancaster County, so... Wait, why is it just Lancaster County, though? Can it be, like... Because where you live. Can I go to French Creek? Like, that's near Elverson. Okay, fine. Within <laughs> a three-county radius. Three-county <laughs> radius. Where is French Creek? Is that... What county is that? Berks County. Okay, okay. so that's a three-county radius. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would be fine with that, because moving sucks. Packing up everything but that, all that, the time like, sucks. But, like, you'd have to... It's just, like, a day trip thing. Like, you can't go camping at French Creek for a weekend or anything. That's no. fine. I'd prefer my bed. Okay. I that's an easy one for me. Wow. I know it would be sad and I would be googling lots of travel pictures. I'd probably be googling South Africa and New Zealand all the time. Yeah. But Living vicariously through everyone. I else. hate moving so much. Yeah. So, and I like get that. Okay. Place to place, my social anxiety would be like, uh, you don't know how to talk You'd anymore. Be fried. <laughs> but like so many different cultures and new people with new experience, not fun. Well, what I'm saying is anxiety is first running the show with this decision for me. So maybe it would be good exposure therapy for me to move to move. So even though you would like to be able to go on vacations and you enjoy that, if you had to pick between the two, you would pick staying at home for the rest of your life. Okay. I mean, it's an impossible decision. It is an impossible decision. That's where I land. I mean, at the same time, like, I feel like I would probably land on moving to a new country every month because, I mean, like... I, I would learn so much. I get to meet so many new people, do so many new yeah. things. Like, what a life that would be. At the same time, I can never put down roots anywhere. Yeah. Like, I have to work online. Like, I'll never be, like, set yeah. ever. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to sign with Grace on this one. Okay. And my travel self is dying at yeah. this. Like, when you asked <laughs> that, I was like, I cannot answer this question. Taking into consideration having, like, my family and kids and financial stuff and all that mm-hmm. like the thought of trying to find schooling or do schooling for kids that, oh yeah that would be impossible mm-hmm. and like some sort of security for them where if it was every year that might be different mm-hmm. Move every year maybe that like be every different. school year well even just like every january you move somewhere else yeah. mm-hmm. um, I like that would be hard on kids though i mean i'd probably homeschool then oh gotcha. or do some sort of but at least they'd have a year in one place rather than like uprooting every month. Yeah. Um, and I feel like the the 
um, like by the time you get used to being there, like for a month, you're almost like just starting to get used to the culture and that's the, true. Oh, then moving again and point. like starting over. It looks like a constant for me. It mm. feels like a constant cycle of like yeah upheaval. That sounds impossible. But then the opposite of like but never like going away one again. One place forever. Like that would be yeah. incredibly hard. I almost feel like I'd get like depressed. Like if I never went on vacation yeah. again, like mm-hmm. I just get so much life from leaving and going somewhere <laughs> tropical. Both <laughs> options. Tropical. Tropical. I just like to be warm. And Both short. options are horrible. Yes. If I had to pick the least horrible, it would be never going on vacation again yeah rather okay. than moving to a different country yeah i can respect that like i, I guess, said i'd yeah. be sad i would be sad yeah it would be yeah. awful but it would be like for me like the lesser yeah yeah so yeah. what would you say what's your final answer candace man i think i would move countries you would and they didn't specify if you can ever like circle back to oh. a country so would you just like just, just two, two? <laughs> Here's the deal with would you rather questions. I'm always trying to find the loophole. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, okay, what's the loophole? And there is no. There's But maybe if you pick two, that's the loophole. If I could do like, even if I picked like six countries and I just loop through all six of those for the rest of my life, I mean, like, I'll eventually build a community. You'll see me in six months. I'll see you next Christmas. Like, it'll, I'll I'll figure it out. Yeah. Anyway, that's, that's just not sad exactly. to me. This is actually a really good question if we're talking about attachment. Because, oh, like, yeah, if actually. you're moving every month, you can never really get attached. You get attached to the people that you're moving with, but you never have an opportunity to get attached to anyone else around you. Mm-hmm. That's true. Or have the security of being attached to a home or an area. And I think that's important attachment, too, which I don't which think we're going to talk about today. Like, as far as being attached to... I like feeling that security to a, hmm. like your area, your yeah. roots. But I think there is some correlation. But there. that security idea definitely yeah. goes into um, attachment theory. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really then what well. does it say about your attachment if you're bouncing around oh. all the time? That's true. That I'm comfortable Let's doing that. Yeah, there we go. It's Candace Day. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, I don't know. It's actually really good. But. Good I question, know. Candace. I like that one. Yeah. I don't like it. It's an awful question. It's rough. But I like it. But it I think interestingly ties into our episode. Did you try to like match that question to attachment? No, I just okay. thought it was a cool one and I thought I'd pitch it and he The Lord Holy knew. Spirit. Jesus knew. <laughs> Holy Spirit is working in us with would you rather questions. <laughs> Oh, wow. But that is what we're talking about today. We're talking about attachment. Yeah, and, like, security and, like, just the way that you relate to really everyone around you. Like, that's kind of what that's Mm -hmm. all about. So, basically, today we're just, like, jumping into why we kind of relate the way we do. That's, Mm -hmm. like, Mm -hmm. to put attachment theory down to one sentence. Like, some people kind of, like, avoid feelings and needs while other people, like, push everyone away. Other people can be clingy. Other people are, like, super anxious and, like, people-pleasing and need reassurance Mm -hmm. in all of their relationships. Um, And some people are, like, secure, where they um, are kind of even-keeled in their relationships. They're okay when they get to, like, spend a lot of time with someone they're also okay when you don't really get to see them as much um 
and all of these can kind of be broken down into like different I guess categories of attachment so we're going to kind of explain those to you and while we're going through them think about yourself which one of these do you kind of feel like you might match into um and at the end we're going to talk about like tools and resources to kind of keep exploring your attachment style and learning how it interacts in your everyday life um mm -hmm. and how you can grow yeah so that's <laughs> what we're doing mm -hmm. yeah yeah and how it impacts your especially i think your like romantic relationship mm -hmm. like oh, your yeah. your marriage or if you're dating like things that you're starting to notice um that's probably where we see it the most. Mm -hmm. Grace, would you be able to tell us some about what, not some, can you open up more about what attachment theory is? Yeah. Go into that some more. I will say that it is super complex. Like if I am talking about attachment with clients or like a couple, um, I give them so much homework. I'm like, go to this place, listen to this podcast, make sure you're take, like studying this. Because even with like six years of education, I'm like, this is hard to like understand because it's nuanced. It's not always what we think it is. It's not just about children and their attachment style. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, so we're going to explain it, but like we're going to link a lot of research. So make sure you're looking into that too. Um, so a lot of what we're talking about comes from the research, um, comes from... Um, John Bowlby, it comes from Mary Ainsworth, it comes from Adam Young, he's um, a podcaster and a therapist, um, and a big part of this comes from the Attachment Project, which I love, and we'll link all of those things. Um, but like Candace was saying, our attachment style is our specific way of relating to others in relationships. It's not dissimilar to like personality or temperament, but what I would say is that our attachment style is the foundation for personality and temperament. Okay. Um, so like it develops, um, uh, your personality and your, your uh, temperament develops from attachment style. Okay. Um, so like attachment style is kind of the roots of mm -hmm. the plant that is you mm -hmm. that that's like my working theory like okay. I've seen different research about that nothing's conclusive mm -hmm. but like I think it makes sense mm -hmm. um, but yeah so like I said the idea of attachment was developed by Mary Ainsworth and John Bowlby Bowlby first developed it in 1958 Ainsworth in the 70s and there's like others like Harry Harlow um, there's some very interesting experiments that they did some are sadder than others. If you watch mm. the still face experiment, you guys have you guys watched the still face with the baby in the high chair and the mom just like yeah, I'm like literally almost tearing so up. So distressed. So yeah. what that is is there's there's a baby maybe one year old or so old enough to to old to enough interact. to have had like attachment. Yeah, and the mom is right in front of the baby and the mom like is talking, very facially expressive, verbally expressive, and the baby's interacting and responding to mom. And then all of a sudden, mom just goes completely blank-faced. Does she... Oh, yeah. She Am I talking about the right one? Blank-faced. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And the baby's, like, kind of, like, talking to the mom or whatever. Pointing at stuff. Pointing at yeah, yeah, yeah. mom is Interacting. Bond. The mom is not expressive at all, and the yeah. baby is, like, desperate to get her and back then, to, like... But it starts out fine. Like, the baby's just like, ah, da, 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 yeah. like, pointing stuff. And all of a sudden, the baby, like, sees the mom, isn't responding, kind of mm -hmm. goes, ah, da, ah, and starts getting more worked up to the point yeah. where the baby is, like, 
getting panicky it's because like mom isn't responding. Yeah. That's sad. So, like, the core of that is, like, mom's no longer emotionally attuned to me, mm-hmm. and I am distressed, right? Yeah. So, yeah, that's a really sad experiment. And I wonder if some of it is, like, mom isn't, mom is showing something other than being okay, mm-hmm. and that's stressing baby out. And then mom isn't comforting my stress, and mom seems to be stressed out, so I'm more stressed out. Yeah. And mom's not addressing that, and it's kind of a cycle of, like... Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Cycle's a good word, but we'll get into that. But, yeah, I mean, I think I'll we'll probably link a couple experiments. Not all of them. There's a lot. Um, mm-hmm. But some of them, I mean, they're all really great information, but some of them just really bum me out because I'm like, yeah. oh, babies had to go through these experiments. Kids yeah. had to go through these experiments. There's no way to do those experiments on mice. Oh. <laughs> At the end of the still face experiment, the mom is, like, rushing back yeah. to her kid because yeah. I can only imagine, like, how hard that was yeah. for her to, like, not engage with the baby. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Um, but, yeah, according to their work, um, our attachment styles are developed around seven months and then solidified around 18 months. So that's pretty young. And I think people forget that. Like you could have had like kind of a rough like first couple of years because I don't know, like foster care or adoption or dysfunction in the home. And then you get to a more secure place, but your attachment style is kind of solidified at 18 Mm -hmm. months. So there's a lot of um, importance with understanding that attachment style. Um, yeah. Can, can attachment styles ever be changed as adults? It's a great question. I think we'll have to go back to that one. Okay. <laughs> Hold on to that one. Um, yeah. I really want to dive into it now, yeah. but I'm not okay. going to. Okay. on that. Keep okay. going, Grace. <laughs> but remember it. Okay. Um, yeah. So, so around 18 months, some psychologists say like 11 months. Um, it's, it's, it's hard to say, but somewhere around there. Um, And we won't go into all of it, but um, there's four stages of attachment style being formed. I won't dive into that today, but that's Mm. interesting research. Um, Yeah, so the style of relating and connecting with others is in response to our relationships with our earliest caregivers. And then that is carried into adulthood. Um, It's not just that you have this attachment style when you are young. It is carried into adulthood. Um, It just looks differently from when you're a child to when you're an adult. It's expressed differently because we express things differently as adults. Um, But maybe not too dissimilar. Uh, You know, it's just maybe there's more socially acceptable ways, quote unquote, that we express it as adults. Mm. Um, Kendra Cherry is a mental health writer for Very Well Mind, and she says that the central theme of attachment theory is that Primary caregivers who are available and responsive to an infant's needs allow the child to develop a sense of security. The infant knows that the caregiver is dependable, which creates a secure base for the child to then explore the world. And what I love, love, love about that is available and responsive. Mm -hmm. It's not just that you're you're crying, I feed you. Mm -hmm. It's not just that um, you need your diaper changed. It's not just that... um, you need to be held it's that i am available to you and i am responsive to you um and we'll dive into that a little bit too and i also heard it said before that um developing a secure attachment isn't about how much time Mm -hmm. you spend like the child is with the primary caregiver it's more about 
what is done with the time that mm-hmm. is spent. So even if a child, your child is in daycare most of the time um, during the day, you can still develop a secure attachment with them even if they're primarily cared for by someone else. Mm-hmm. Secure yeah. attachment can still happen with you because it's when they're crying with you, you are... Um, you're responsive. Yeah. Like you're mm-hmm. there for them. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And emotionally responsive too. Not just like Grace said, not just, oh, you're hungry. Here's a bottle. Mm-hmm. But um, you're crying. Are you okay? And I, I wish you could see my face right now, but, you know, eyebrows kind of went down and face is concerned. Like, are you okay? Mm-hmm. And then, okay, you know, there's no blood. There's no blood. You're not bleeding. Mm-hmm. I think you're okay. Can I kiss it for you? And again, my face, like, smile, more soft. So it's attuning to and connecting with their emotional response as well. Yeah, yeah. If you're a part of their experience, kind of. You're yeah. not just like operating around them. Like you're, yeah. you're really with them. Exactly. And maybe I'm getting ahead of myself there. Well, <laughs> no, I mean it perfectly describes what I wanted to say about Adam Young. He's really great. Um, has great stuff on attachment and trauma. Um, he also says what you're saying, Wendy, um, that it's not just that the caregiver um, is dependable for the child. Like, here's all your practical needs. I meet them. It's mm-hmm. that they're emotionally attuned to the child. They, like, know their child. They engage mm-hmm. with their child. They are attuned to their child versus being, like, anxious. Why are you crying? What's up? Like, you, maybe yeah. you're not even saying that, but, like, you're kind of you're projecting feeling. that you're frustrated or distracted or detached from the baby it's very very instinctual for your baby to pick up on those things Mm -hmm. um so Mm -hmm. i love what adam young says he says the best gift that you can give your children is a healthy regulated nervous system Mm -hmm. and your attention Mm -hmm. and i know that's hard because like personally i'm an anxious person like it's not my identity so i don't want to identify with that but like Mm -hmm. that is my bent Mm -hmm. um and so like i don't want any of this to shame anyone listening to it like oh i struggle with anxiety my child's gonna be messed up they're not gonna have a healthy attachment it's just become aware of it and work on it to the best of your ability Mm -hmm. and i think what i tell all parents is that like an attachment style isn't like um it's not going to be their identity. It's not impossible for God to work with. Yeah, it's not a damning thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's well said. So, like, they're, <laughs> yes, they're in your care and be attuned to them, but they're also in God's care. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we'll probably say that again. Yeah. I wanted to add that, too, because as, as a parent of young kids, like, I was listening to Adam Young's podcast recently on attachment and found myself like, oh, my gosh, like, am I, mm-hmm. am I attaching to my kids? Am I responding emotionally to them and kind of getting panicky that like I'm ruining my children because Mm -hmm. sometimes I get frustrated with them when they're crying and you know I might tell them to okay you need to stop crying now rather than meeting their emotional needs and so it's easy it was easy for me I shouldn't speak for everyone I want to speak for you guys listening but um it was easy for me hearing about attachment to kind of spiral as a parent that like I'm messing up my kids Mm -hmm. but um like Grace said it's it's so much more about being aware choosing to be aware of your own anxiety depression even uh frustration towards your child's emotion especially a baby and um being okay taking a few deep breaths to help yourself calm down yeah and then looking at your child expressing concern when they are upset and then expressing 
calm and peace to help them calm mm -hmm. down and help them be peaceful yeah. while meeting their physical needs as well. Yeah, yeah that's so attunement. Like, yeah, that's attunement. Mm -hmm. yeah. So being able to be like in tune with your own feelings so that you can yeah. like manage them in a healthy way, and then like your kid also sees you chill yourself out and like exactly. deal with it. So they're mm -hmm. learning by watching. Yeah. They're also learning by you like working with them. So yeah, yeah that's a really great thought. That's well said, Candice. Yeah. There yeah. were quite a few times, especially with my daughter, because she would get a little bit fussier in the evenings, but I would literally, like, as she's crying, almost, like, go inward and, like, close my eyes and take deep breaths and almost, like, force myself to be the peace for her. Mm. And I found that more often than not, now, this was between me and her, so this doesn't work for every child, but more often than not, that would help her calm down. Like, even if I didn't change anything, I didn't stand up instead of sitting down like what my posture everything was the same but just choosing to seek that peace mm. helped her regulate as well so i think we might be getting off on a little bunny trail out of attachment but it's a but, decent one um, it's, like it's a good one yeah. bunny trails aren't all bad but yeah kind of what yeah going off what candace said like finding that peace for yourself mm -hmm. to be for your kids so that you can attach to them yeah well and i think what you're describing too is that co-regulation yeah. we talked about yeah. like it helps if you're regulating yourself emotionally and your body's going to pick up on that mm -hmm. and go to a state of calm and your child mm -hmm. needs that mm -hmm. because then they will also regulate as yeah. well yeah. i mean we're just very instinctual people intuitive people mm -hmm. especially children because all they mm -hmm. are is an emotion brain yeah <laughs> so yeah. like that's all they're going to pick up yeah. on because that's all their brain is processing yeah. so yeah, I really like that, Wendy. So there are four attachment styles. Um, the one is secure attachment, and then there are three insecure attachment styles, and they are anxious. Some people call them anxious preoccupied, anxious ambivalent. We're just going to call it anxious. Mm. Um, and then there's avoidant and disorganized. And those also have other names, but again, the three insecure ones are anxious, avoidant, and disorganized. So Wendy... Would you tell us what the secure attachment style looks like? I will try to sum it up. <laughs> the person who has a secure attachment style forms secure, loving relationships. And that usually is because they felt that their caregiver was emotionally present as well as providing for their needs consistently. They feel secure in trusting others and equally can be trusted. So that goes back to what we talked about, about being emotionally attuned. The, the caregiver being emotionally attuned to the child while physically meeting their needs. Mm -hmm. It's the combination of the physical um, provision as well as the emotional attunement. We're using some really big words here, and hopefully you can... Mm -hmm. What is attunement? Let's maybe try to define that a little bit, because I don't think we actually did. Yeah. So, like, being aware of their emotions. Yeah, and I, I think say? engaged. Like, res emotionally responsive, emotionally engaged, mm. not distracted... Um, not anxious, not preoccupied, okay. um, not detached. What, what does that look like mm -hmm. physically, practically to be attuned to a child? Mm -hmm. Can one of you flush that out? Um, I do. You, oh no, you, sorry. I was going to go off of what you usually do with Adele, but like, it's mm -hmm. almost like the opposite of what you do with her. Oh. It's almost the idea of like meeting them where they're at. Like, okay. um, you were saying earlier, like if a kid is crying, not just being like, oh my word, you're fine. You're okay. But like 
um, with like furrowed brow, like really like meeting them where they're at, like mm-hmm. emotionally. That's how I would probably guess it, and like kind okay. of like working with them to like being okay again, instead of just like pushing them into like a certain emotional spot. Cause that's not gonna work anyway. But yeah. okay, I don't have like Maybe. like a Good. like exact concrete definition like in my head right now. But sure. I think like how I would describe it is just making sure you're matching the child where they're at. Okay. And what I mean by that is that you're not crying when they're crying. You're matching the emotional need that's present. Like, why are they crying? What's going on? I'm going to match and be um, engaged with that emotional need. Um, So, like, I think essentially it's just, like, meeting them where they're at and what they need. Hmm. Um, And, like, I love that when people do that for me. So I can only imagine if it, like... How much a baby loves that. Yeah, mm. a baby who has no logic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Whereas sometimes an adult can be logicked out of their emotion. A baby could not be. Kind I actually of. just looked up attunement mm. online. Oh, the good. Merriam-Webster definition is, which is really cool, to bring into harmony. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Like That's, that's interesting. So when a baby needs attunement, they need you to bring into harmony, bring their emotion into harmony, which is... So harmony is like different, but um, like it's dif- different, but it's well, I think I just go back to like co-regulating. Yeah. Like it's regulating. Yeah. That's just such a big word. I, I know. Feel like. I know. So we have talked about it on the podcast. Yeah. But, um, yeah. It's essentially it is like I like as a child, I am emotionally not OK. Mm-hmm. And my parent is talking me through it or mm-hmm. holding me or breathing with me. And they then regulate my emotion yeah. together. Okay, so it's exactly what you do with Adele. Not that I was saying that like it was like wrong or bad. Obviously, no, I know. I hope not. But it's more but like because what I think. No, I think you were right first, Candace. Because okay. with Adele, she's upset, and I kind of brought the opposite reaction to help her calm down. You brought the harmony. But attunement is like expressing the similar thing like it sounds the same our emotions are sounding the same baby is crying and upset maybe a child fell down and got hurt Mm -hmm. mom says wow that are you okay did you get hurt validating that hurt emotion but then mom then provides you know what it's not bleeding i think you're okay Mm -hmm. what can i do to help and kind of provides the the fixing for that emotion Mm -hmm. whereas with adele i think that was more um, co-regulation. So maybe there is a little bit of difference, whereas the child brings the negative emotion first and the mom attunes versus the child being bringing the negative emotion and mom provides something else. So before. there's like a process to it then. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Kind of like a like a yeah. step by step. Yeah. Like attunement has to come so yeah. that you can regulate yes. the child. Yes. Yeah. Because if you try to force the child into something feeling something other than what they feel mm-hmm. that's just invalidating their emotion i'm unpacking a lot of this so i think a lot of what i'm talking about i'm a verbal processor uh-huh. so yeah, a lot of what i'm talking good, about though. is me like you verbally oh, process word. something what no <laughs> no it's awesome though like, <laughs> we've never done like, that yeah, we're that. all just thinking through it trying yeah. to figure it out together which is nice. so hopefully you guys all kind of followed that train of thought with defining attunement um what co-regulation brings mm-hmm. to attunement and all that. So, okay. Back to secure attachment. <laughs> um, so the securely attached person had a caregiver that was emotionally present as well as providing for their needs consistently. And like I said before, it doesn't mean that you are like 
one person could be spending unending time with a baby and not actually attaching. Mm -hmm. So time spent with the baby does not always mean attachment. That often provides more opportunity for attachment, but it doesn't just automatically happen just because you're with them all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so the attached person as a child and adult are generally loving and accepting. They can get close to others relatively easily. They are not the person to hide themselves from intimacy, vulnerability, or connection. Generally not triggered. And I'm, I'm adding in generally because it's, I think that can happen. Mm-hmm. Like you can be triggered. It's not a um, secure attachment equals like I've never Perfect been triggered. triggered. <laughs> right. No, for sure not. Um, but generally, they're not triggered when partners need time or space or need to separate themselves from the person. They're able to have a healthy dependence on others, but are not overly dependent or way too independent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so much of what we talk about in counseling is about the balance in between overly dependent and mm-hmm. too independent. It's the balance in the middle. That healthy dependence. The big fancy exactly. word that we use is interdependence, yeah. which yeah. just means that you're connected, but you have a strong sense of self. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately, it's working towards healthy dependence. So you don't have to remember that big fancy word if you don't want to. <laughs> yeah. um, the cycle of secure attachment. Grace just shared this with me a little bit ago, so I might need her help on this describing it, but I'm going to try my best. Cycle of secure attachment is baby or child express or has a need. Mm-hmm. Um, they start feeling hungry. There is an arousal of need. Arousal not being sexual. <laughs> we often think of like sexual arousal. Maybe yeah. that's just me since I work more with like the sexual world. Than I hadn't even considered it. Oh, really? <laughs> that was the first thing that came to mind when I read this. Like arousal of need. That's just like yeah. Arousal but, means other things, yeah. y'all. Arousal just means something like something. I was going to say something coming up, but that's (laughs) being expressed. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You're expressed to the need. Okay. Arousal of need. So like baby is hungry. That's the need. The arousal of the need is baby starts crying or maybe rooting, um, starts looking for the food. (laughs) Looking for the, the need to be met. Yes. Yeah. Then the need is met with emotional attunement. Back to that word. Emotional harmony. Mm-hmm. So the need is met, but mom starts feeding the child, um, and that can be with bottle or breast. Breast is not the only way to attach to a, a baby. Mm-hmm. Put that out there. Fed is best. Amen. No matter how you do it. Fed is best. I love that. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so the need is met with emotional attunement. Maybe mom is smiling at the baby, um, making some eye contact while the physical need is being met. And then that builds trust. Baby sees that when I cry, when I fuss when I start displaying my hunger cues. I am met with a full belly. (laughs) I am met with food, but also with mom being happy that I expressed my need. Mm. Mom is okay with that. So sometimes mom might get really frustrated because baby is really hungry and food is not available. You know, the bottle needs washed first or the formula needs mixed, whatever. That's okay. It's okay to be frustrated with that. Um, That's not going to ruin your child. Absolutely. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. And, and I think that the thing that I love that Adam Young says a lot is that when you are distracted, because you will be distracted, maybe this isn't your first kid. Maybe yeah. you are a working mom. Like, you know, when you are distracted and not attuned, um, it's important that, you know, there's just like that repair with attunement yeah. later on. So like, yeah, enter into that. Like, okay, I was distracted. I'm aware of that. And now I'm attuned to my child. Mm-hmm. That builds trust. 
Yeah. I think we talked about repair back in anger a little bit with yeah. mom anger. So if you want to hear more about repair, mm-hmm. go back to that episode, listen to that one. I think we also mentioned it in our borderline episode too. Like yes. that's, they didn't yes. get a we lot of repair. More about it there. Yeah. yeah. Anyways. Candace, tell us about anxious attachment. Yeah. So this um, attachment style basically happens um, because like a child instinctually learns to be like less needy with um, their caregiver or their parent. So like they would experience them as like unpredictable. Like they don't actually know if they are going to be there for them when um, they need them. So it's kind of like sometimes their caregiver was like supportive and attentive and like helpful to them but other times like they would get frustrated or be distracted or like detached so like this poor kid grows up not really knowing if they can rely on their parent or on their person so of course she would develop an attach an anxious attachment style like you don't know if your needs are going to be met so you're constantly trying to figure out how to get those needs met yeah yeah so we are made for a connection. Every single one of us, like, we're made for a community. We're made to love and be loved. So when we're kind of at risk of not being loved and when we're at risk of not being cared for, um, we find ourselves willing to do whatever it takes to get that connection, even if it's at the price of your own needs and sometimes even your own respect. And that's kind of where we can see, like, people-pleasing tendencies come out. So, yeah. like, when you are willing to, like, do whatever to make your friends happy or you're willing to do whatever to, like, keep your boyfriend or your spouse or, like, whoever around, like, that's, like, pretty strong people-pleasing. And that can definitely be a sign of an anxious attachment Mm -hmm. style which is also codependency yeah yeah sometimes i think like people pleasing codependency like i feel like they go hand in hand yeah codependency is just a fancy term for it yeah and it's more complex but yeah Yeah. people pleasing to the point of i call it killing yourself yeah i think that's strong but like 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 being a martyr yeah. 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 And if we're going to define codependency just like yeah. a tad, I if I'm giving it in a nutshell, I usually say you are not okay unless they are okay. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. your whole emotional being is like dependent on someone else. Mm-hmm. And that's like awful. Like you're worth so much more than that. So yeah. like it's just it's such a hard spot to be in. Mhm. Yeah. It's, it's often t- oh, mm. Uh, <laughs> codependency. We need an episode of codependency, yes, but we need yeah. to talk about healthy dependency. It's so often too. seen in, by the world as good because you are doing so much to help other people hmm. and like make sure they're okay. But really, it's more it's your identity. You get yeah. you yeah you are okay because they're okay. So it's not healthy for you, even though the world might say like, mm-hmm. "Well, you're so sacrificial. You know, you do so much for everyone else. Good yeah. job. You're so giving." Okay. But in reality, like, do you even know who you are if like mm. the whole thing is yeah. about making everyone else happy? Yeah, right. Yep. Do it another yep. day. Um, but I think that's great because like that's where this comes from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I died to my own needs as a child, so that as an infant, so that I could stay connected with my caregiver, mm-hmm. right? Because that's that's what we're created for. We are so created for bonds and connection. Yeah, and in that going above and beyond to stay connected with your caregiver, like you um, almost get like super 
in tune with them in like a really unhealthy right. way. So like uh-huh. if you you know when they're feeling anxious, like you know when they're feeling frustrated or distracted. And like it's funny. I have a little bit of a soapbox about this. So I'm hearing the word empath a lot out there where everyone's <laughs> like, oh, I'm an empath. If you're upset, I can feel it. And I'm like, no, you're just codependent. Like in reality, yeah. like you are just like sucking in everyone else's feelings. And it's so unhealthy. It's not a good thing. Kind of like Wendy was saying, like you can't just like do yeah. that. Anyway. That's why I've always had an issue with that word. I have a yeah. huge issue I with that word. I honestly never knew why, but whenever I heard someone say something about being an empath, I'm always kind of like, ugh. Yeah. yeah. It's become mm, like this real you. buzzword, especially yeah. like TikTok and a Instagram. A celebrated buzzword. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but really what's underneath it is, no, you are programmed mm-hmm. to match to a fault your caregiver. Yeah. Absolutely. And you're programmed to be attentive to the most negative thing in the room yeah. mm-hmm. so no wonder why you're always drained absolutely right. yeah like I mean, it's yeah. even gotten to the point that like it's when someone healthy. comes into my office and they're and they're probably like oh i'm an empath i immediately think okay there's probably an anxious attachment style Amen. here and like yeah probably 10 out of 10 times so far like i am correct yeah. and that's something that we end up working on so through sessions so take that to the bank people <laughs> watch that wow. for sure kim's inbox is gonna be flooded and that's me like no this is a good thing <laughs> is it though? Is wow. it really? There is a healthy balance. I'm so glad you said that, Candace. Yeah, it's it's my little soapbox. I have a couple. Oh that's gosh. one of them. We love soapboxes. That's why we started the podcast. Yeah, this is our this soapbox. Is our soapbox. <laughs> you yeah. will hear us. <laughs> Take it or leave it, people. Listen. Anyway. Yeah. 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 So oh. that's that little piece. Um. But yeah, so the hallmark attributes of an adult um, with an anxious attachment style is like fear of abandonment, which isn't only like physical fear of abandonment, like them breaking up Mm -hmm. with you, but even just like emotional abandonment, um, almost like when you're telling a story to a group of people, like you are terrified of whether or not they're listening. Like that's like a small example of it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, so I know this is my attachment style and the whole time I'm listening to it, I'm like, uh, uh." (laughs) (laughs) and I've worked really hard on it, but it's like, yeah, "Yeah, I still feel that. Are people listening to me? Do they understand? Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. But you're growing. I'm growing. And you're working on it. Like a flower. Like a beautiful rose. You're blooming where you are planted. Oh my gosh. I just got rid of a sign that said that. (laughs) Did you? I was like, I have too many, like, basic signs that, like, Yeah. (laughs) Anyways. Live, laugh, love. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Too blessed to be straight. Oh my word. No. That's my new soapbox. All those gotta go. (laughs) They do. I like your old one better. I mean, this is a good one, too. But (laughs) I really liked your empath soapbox. Yeah. (laughs) So there is this strong fear of being alone, like, both physically but also emotionally. Um, And, like, we've already kind of mentioned, like, we can see it through codependency. We can see it through people-pleasing. We can see it through merging tendencies, which, like, I would guess is more like throwing your own, like, boundaries and, like, lines to the wind in order to make someone else happy, Mm -hmm. which really breaks my heart. I hate it when I see people come into my office and they're like amazing people, but they're just like, no, I want to make sure everyone else is happy. So I like haven't gotten to bed when I need to get to bed in days because my friends need me me to be a designated driver or something like that. And I'm like, please, friend, don't. You are worthy of love and boundaries. All will be well. But that's like a whole thing. I just had someone tell me about, uh, she's just starting to get into dating again, and um, had was talking to this guy, and she had set a pretty strong boundary on 
her space, like her home, and not inviting people in. Mm-hmm. Um, and this this person was the other person was um, very forceful about like wanting her to um, put that boundary down, like not have that boundary. Mm. And she, I was so proud of her. She's like, no, I am sticking to this. Like, you this go, is girl. Not, like, That's awesome. I need to have this boundary. So yeah. also red flag. And he, red flag, kick him to the curb. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Bye. Um, and she would, yeah, she, she did well with that. Um, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. But yeah, because she knew that she could not. Merge tendencies. Yeah. yeah. Like Should we do an not. episode on that? Like red flags in mm-hmm. dating? Like this yes. is when you yep. know he's got to go. Hallelujah. Yeah. We should do that. <laughs> anyway. But let us know. Would that be like a fun episode that you guys would want to mm-hmm. hear? I think people would. If the whole thing would be a whole soapbox. <laughs> so that would be great. I'd love <laughs> be it. Like, leave him. Do you, do you want leave her. an entire soapbox episode? <laughs> I mean, obviously, um, we're, I'm three, our list. we're three women. So we would be like, girl, don't do that. But like, we know men, you need to look for the red flag. That's true. So yes. Maybe we need to have a man on the podcast we do. for that episode. Yeah. Because yeah. it can't just be. Because guys can get roped into unhealthy relationships, they can. too. Oh, yeah. Some toxic ladies. I don't know. I'm like, she may look good, gentlemen. She may be pretty, but is it worth it? On the inside, though. <laughs> Not okay. <laughs> Anyways. Oh, wow. Anyway, I got to get back to it. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> sticking with the anxious attachment style, when I'm working with someone in my office um, that's struggling with this, um, yeah, the goal is kind of to get them to the place that they know they're okay. Um, regardless of how people respond to them, regardless of who does or does not like them, like they're they're gonna be okay. Like they have a, they can have a secure identity outside of all of these people. So that's really mm-hmm. important. Yeah. And they're allowed to focus on themselves. That like they have the permission to have these boundaries, um, to set these rules in their lives. Like that's literally totally fine. And no one can add to or take away their value. I wish I could like have a stamp in my office that I just stamp people's foreheads when they come in so that they can't forget it. <laughs> oh, a little aggressive, I know. We but love like, it, though. So Fox. <laughs> you should just Wendy's face right now. Wendy's face is the funniest. I'm just this poor, like, like young lady walking into counseling for the first time. And Value. You're like, worth it, worth it. Like, You're stop, worthy. Stabbing them with a stamp. <laughs> They get like a traumatic experience. It's like, my therapist told me I was worthy of very aggressively. This is Sharpie. It doesn't come off. This does not come off. Listen, y'all, though, that's how strongly we feel for our clients, though. We're like, oh, you're so stinking worthy. So, yeah. 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 It's like, yeah. Yeah, you're worthy. I won't actually stamp anyone. If any of my clients listening to this, I promise I would never actually put a stamp on your forehead. No, but we won't do that. No tattoos. <laughs> no tattoos. We won't do that. Buy you a stamp. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Put it in your office. I'll yeah. just threaten it every now and again. Yeah. Anyway. Like, well, if you don't believe it, it's going to get on <laughs> <Here> your forehead. <laughs> Here it comes. Here it comes. Or else. <laughs> That's one way. Oh, man. Some, Good thing I'm not licensed yet. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> You can do that now. Yeah, sometimes I think that could be good, though, to be, like, forceful. Like, I think yeah. some people do need that. Like, yeah. a forceful, like, yeah. yeah. Like, no, we're not going to be nice about this. Like, mm-hmm. stop. You yeah. are. Yeah. But yeah. see, but that's attunement. I know the client's <sighs> need. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I'm meeting that need for them. Yeah. That's literally attunement right there. That this client needs me to be really soft and gentle about it. Mm-hmm. And the next very next client needs me to be, like, Slap you across the face, knock it off. Literally, here's my stamp. <laughs> yeah, literally, we 
No, we don't slap people. <laughs> we don't do that, Wendy. No, no we don't. No. We don't. I don't have my license either. So, yeah. so you kind of could. Anyway. I'm the only one that cannot slap or Grace, tattoo people. Don't tattoo people. Don't hit Stamp. them. It's fine. Yeah. But mm. I really like how like at, you were ending, Candice. Like, no one can take away your value. Mm-hmm. And no one can add to it. So if they yeah. agree with you, if they're listening to you, if they totally are reinforcing some negative, like, things that they're like oh you're so good at this you're doing so much for Mm -hmm. people they cannot add to your value so they are not god to you right oh yeah they whether you agree with the statement or not your value is not based on yourself or anyone else around you so Mm -hmm. no one can take it away and no one can add to it yeah absolutely and a question that i always always ask anxious attachment style people is um or sorry people with anxious attachment style because that's not your identity but I always ask, what would you do regardless of how the other person responds to you? Mm -hmm. Because you're so trapped by how people respond to you that you avoid doing anything or saying anything Mm -hmm. or having hard conversations or saying no. And it's literally a cage for you. Mm -hmm. And that's where, you know, dissatisfaction happens in marriage. That's where bitterness happens in relationships. Mm -hmm. And so think about that. That's a question I have to ask myself all the time is, what would I do regardless of the other person mm-hmm. or regardless of how they respond to me? Mm-hmm. And if I find my answer is talk to them, say my opinion, say a boundary, then I have to do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if this is someone worth talking to anyway, they want to hear all this stuff. They mm-hmm. want to be able to have a good relationship with you. I know that like even in my own relationships, like if I'm talking to someone and they're like, well, like you hurt me in this way six months ago. I'm almost like, what? I wish I had known six months ago so that I could have talked to you about it, so that I could have changed and apologized then instead of it growing into this Mm. whole thing. Like, it's so, so important that you can be authentic in your relationships. I mean, isn't that what we're called to as Christians, Mm -hmm. too? I mean, like, I have to go to that. It's not just, like, a nice thing for me to heal from this. It's, like, literally Jesus called me to this. This is, like, loving my neighbor. Now it's a whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's a command. Yeah. Um, And with that, I must say goodbye to all of you lovely people and you two lovely ladies for now. (laughs) Just for now, not forever. Not forever. Sorry. (laughs) You'll never see me again. You never saw her anyway. It's It's a podcast. I'm a ghost. We say that a lot too. We're like, we'll see you next time. No, you won't. No, we won't. (laughs) We'll talk to you next time. So have a good day. So we talked about secure attachment and anxious attachment. Grace, what is the next Number three out of four. Mm-hmm. So the next attachment style is avoidant. Um, so some people call this dismissive avoidant. I, I do mm-hmm. actually like the dismissive avoidant um, title, but generally the gist of it is avoidant. Okay. So it develops because the caregiver's inability to demonstrate emotional availability. Mm. They aren't necessarily neglecting the child when they are present, um, but they tend to avoid or not display any emotion. Okay. They're really often misattuned when the child asks for help or support or when the child's crying or, you know, whatever that, that need and that arousal is. Mm-hmm. So physically, they're getting fed. Mm-hmm. Physically, they're getting changed, bathed, taken care of. They're in a yeah. safe house. Yeah. But emotionally... There's no emotional reaction from yeah. the caregiver. No. If we go back to that like still face experiment, yeah. it's it's the still face. It's yeah. not the engaged like oh hi, mm-hmm. laughing or like saying back the syllables that your baby's saying. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of like 
dead silence. Here's the food. Yeah. Here's the bottle. Okay. Here's your diaper. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that is what um, develops this attachment style. Um, hmm. And I mean, it's hard to say that like a, a caregiver's always like that, but like sure. a significant enough, a significant amount of time. Mm-hmm is suffice enough for that to develop. The majority of the time when the child is emotional about something, mm-hmm. the parent does not engage emotionally with them. Yeah. Okay. Have we talked about mirroring? Like no, mirroring we haven't, which would have been really that, good to talk about. That is... Okay. Yeah. I just thought of that. That as It is mirror neurons, right? Yep. So as the mirror neurons are developing in a baby, that's like what I am displaying on my face I see you displaying the same thing on your face. Mm-hmm. Your face, right? Am yeah. I saying this right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> this is my understanding. I don't, um, but, like, your face is showing the same emotion that I feel. Yeah. The caregiver, and you being the caregiver. The caregiver is expressing the emotion that the baby is feeling. And the baby says, like, yes, your presence is mirroring what I'm experiencing. Mm-hmm. It gives a face. It gives a representation to what the baby is feeling mm-hmm. and so in an avoidant attachment style there's no there's no mirroring yeah emotional mirroring which okay. is interesting kind of going back to the anxious attachment style though mm-hmm. the child kind of in some ways becomes the parent like you're oh. anxious you're distressed so i'm gonna i'm going to like console you okay in a way yeah i mean like you know an infant can't do that right but they can kind of try to, like, become less needy. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, and we say that, like, of course infants are still going to have needs. Of mm-hmm. course they're still going to cry. But, mm-hmm. like, there is something instinctual where they, like, they're mirroring back to the parent yeah. um, what the parent needs. Because mm-hmm. now they're so overly attuned to the parent. Anyways. Ooh. Yeah. So mirror neurons are a big part of this, too. Mm-hmm. I mean... If we, if we link the research um, by Bowlby and Ainsworth, like, you'll see that. Um, it's just part of how God designed the brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, <laughs> I always like to look up definitions of things. I looked up mirror neurons. This is interesting. This is Wikipedia, not, like, Merriam-Webster, but whatever. It says, a mirror neuron is a neuron that fires both when an animal acts and when the animal observes the same action performed by others. Hmm. It doesn't say anything about a human brain? No, but that would... Oh, such neurons have been directly observed in human and private species and in birds. Right. But the neuron mirrors the behavior of others as though the observer were acting, were itself acting. Mm. So it's literally a a brain neuron that's Mm -hmm. firing, that's being established when a person acts and that person, the baby, observes the same action performed by another. Isn't that... That's interesting. Yeah, yeah, mirror neurons are a big part of this. <laughs> yes. Um, so, like, if we're going to, like, what is happening in the brain, it's that. Mm-hmm. It's also the emotional brain. Um, it's it's just highly neurobiological. Yeah. <laughs> so, God designed us for community and connection. Let's mm-hmm. just say it like that. Um, so, the hallmark... Uh, characteristics of an avoidant attachment style, going back to the avoidant attachment style, um, they are that they want intimacy, but they're afraid. Like, I, I want connection, but I've never had that, so, like, I don't know what that looks like, so I'm afraid of that. Um, 
they're highly suspicious of people's motives. Like, they do not trust easily. And when trust is broken, you better believe it, that they're holding on to that. They're like, mm -hmm. I can trust that. That's what I trust. I don't mm -hmm. trust if you're changing. I don't trust if you're growing. Like, I was burned by you. I'm not going to be burned by you again. Mm -hmm. um, so they're highly suspicious of people's motives, and they do not trust easily. Um, because, you know, parents didn't mirror any emotional response or attunement, um, they are now programmed in some sense. It can change. We'll get to that. Mm -hmm. But they are okay. programmed to be emotionally dismissive. That's probably their knee-jerk reaction. Mm -hmm. And then their walls are really built up, too. So just very, very avoidant. I would say, too, they're highly, like, overly rational. Like, highly logical. Interesting. So it's go they're going to rationalize and, like, not even actually rationally mm -hmm. rationalize emotion. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because you can't. Mm -hmm. It's not rational to yeah, overlook emotion. emotion. Yeah. But that is going to be their bent. Uh -huh. And they're going to be like, well, that's not how it works. Or that's right. not important. Or whatever mm -hmm. rational statement that is more of, like, a knee-jerk reaction for them. Mm. Um I say that because what I find a lot is that the anxious attachment style and the dismissive attachment style usually find themselves in a marriage. Say that again? The anxious attachment style and the dismissive attachment style are... The, yeah. the avoidant dismissive. The avoidant okay. dismissive attachment style usually find themselves in a marriage. Huh. Why is that? Why do they click? I am not 100% certain, so I don't feel like I can give a good sure. answer That's to that. Um, but probably because the anxious attachment style is so attuned to meeting someone's mm -hmm. emotions and so wants to help problem solve mm. and fix. And the avoidant dismissive is a person to fix. <laughs> but that is what I see a lot. Yeah, the fixer with the fixie. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so what happens is um, bitterness, resentment, mm -hmm. um, strife, no great conflict resolution. Mm -hmm. The anxious attachment style really does want their own needs met. Mm -hmm. And they're begging for that, but they don't know how. Mm -hmm. And so they're going to be merging with the avoidant dismissive yeah. attachment style and they're going to dismiss the feelings of them of themselves and the other person um very interesting yeah yeah we could probably do a whole nother episode on that um but yeah anyways moving on the next style is disorganized um okay. this one breaks my heart um i i think it's probably a larger part of the population than what we realize Aww. um but the disorganized attachment um, style develops when the caregiver who is meant to be a source of comfort and attend to the child becomes the child's attacker or abuser and and it's not just like the worst of the worst abuse it could be yelling um it could be something that's just rattling for the infant for the child mm -hmm. um the caregiver represents comfort so now the child is confused and disorganized about how do i get my needs met is it even safe um, so, like, you think, like, an infant would cry, see the caregiver, and then be triggered by the caregiver because mm -hmm. that is confusing for them. So, oh. 
like how do I even express a need? How do I even get a need met? Um, so some key, key characteristics for an adult with this attachment style is sometimes wanting intimacy, but other times really not. Like I, I have a need. No, I don't. It's like very knee jerk. I don't need, I don't have a need. Like not at all. Interesting. They have a push pull dynamic in relationships. I really push you away and really pull you back. Um, that's somewhat borderline. Um, that's a good question. I think the pool is not like as strong. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's just kind of like you still have a longing for connection, mm -hmm. but it's like it's not safe. So I'm not. not safe, I'm yeah. really not going to. So I'm going to push mm -hmm. as quickly as I pulled you in. I'm going to push you away. Mm -hmm. Um, I would honestly say, um, probably for borderline, it's a mixture of that anxious attachment. Okay. And disorganized. I, it's hard for me to say where they fall, but I probably see anxious attachment more than mm -hmm. disorganized. Than the disorganized. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, and I think I mentioned that in the borderline episode. Yeah. I think so. Let's see. Yeah. So they're really confused about love um, in adult relationships. They downplay relationships. Like, I don't really need relationships. They're not important. It's not that big of a deal. I haven't really thought about it, you know, like, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and there's a deep maybe. troubling feeling um, when there's emotion for them. So could they maybe come across as very independent? More they could. Independent? They could. I, I, like, I don't really need you. I don't need someone in my life. And honestly, really. I don't, I don't, they could come across that way. I don't even think they would be aware of that. Okay. That's like how disorganized sure. they are. Um, but yeah, I think maybe, wow. and I can't speak to that definitively, but mm -hmm. yeah, I could see that for both the avoidant and the disorganized attachment style. And I think Adam Young explains the disorganized attachment like even better. <laughs> so like, please listen to him. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Okay. So those are the four attachment styles. I think at some point we want to like talk about more in depth with each one. We, each one individually. We talked about them in depth today, but like mm -hmm. more about how they show up, what's going on, maybe our personal experiences with them too. Mm -hmm. um, but next we're going to go to tools and resources for you guys because Wendy had a question. I was going to say, is this a good time to bring back that question? Yeah, yeah ask that question Is again. it possible to change your attachment style as an adult? Mm-hmm. From all the research that I've done, no, but ah. hear me out. It's there's still hope. <laughs> yeah, there's still yeah. hope. It's going to be a tendency, knee jerk. Um, mm. There's going to be a trigger. But what you can do is become aware of that. Mm -hmm. Pay attention to it. Gain your, your self-regulation, your self-empowerment. Mm -hmm. um, kind of just self-control um, tools and then you'll become at a secure place mm -hmm. in your attachment. Within your attachment style. Mm -hmm. okay. So for me, I'm married to Derek. He mm -hmm. has a secure attachment style mm -hmm. and that has been really centering for me mm -hmm. and really helpful for me, but I have an anxious attachment style and I still find myself trying to match him, merge with him, mm -hmm. um, even though he has done so much to help me have my own opinion, have uh, my own thoughts, be assertive with him, but it's still a knee-jerk reaction. Mm -hmm. And so I catch that in our conversations, 
and I'll tell him that. Mm -hmm. and I'll say, hey, I noticed that I'm trying to merge with you right now. Um, I really need to be a little more forceful in this conversation. And because he has a secure attachment, mm -hmm. he can handle it. I love that you're, you're aware of your tendencies. Mm -hmm. You're aware of how that operates in you and you over communicate with him. Mm -hmm. I love that, that sense of over communicating, like, okay, verbally saying, this is what I'm experiencing. Mm -hmm. This is what I need to do about it. So I'm going to, yeah. <laughs> and here's me being, forced and out. I will literally say, and sometimes maybe he, he doesn't love hearing this, but afterwards he's, he's totally fine with it. Mm -hmm. he, I will literally say like, I cannot meet, like I cannot, how do I, how do I say it? Like, this might sound really rude, but I don't care <laughs> what yeah, you yeah. think right now. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't encourage you to say that all the time to your spouse, but I'm like, I am okay regardless of what you say. Yep. And I am not ca overly caring what you're thinking and feeling right mm -hmm. now because if I do overly care then I'm minimizing everything on my side of things yes so a lot of times it is just like telling him like I'm okay regardless of how you respond to me mm -hmm. I'm okay if you disagree with this mm -hmm. um and once he hears that language he knows I'm kind of in my trigger mode okay so he like backs down a little bit too uh -huh. Uh -huh. but he understands that's and that's so good because saying that I don't care <laughs> How you're feeling right now doesn't mean you don't care about him. Right, no, because I don't overly care right. about him. But in that moment, you're choosing to say what you need to say, express your opinion, mm -hmm. whatever, even though he may not like it or yeah. he may not agree or he may, the end result might not be what you want. Yeah. But you're still expressing that. Yeah. Even though he might not like it. Yeah, because the Which biggest is, thing for me to work on is just not being codependent. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's what I, um, <laughs> I just walked through this similar thing with another client the other day. Like, um, we were talking about something and I could tell that she was getting a little bit upset with me because I was starting to push her. Mm -hmm. And so I told her, I was like, I need you to be very honest with me and get mad at me and choose to not care how I might feel about it mm. because you need to get this out and we need to work on this. So she did. She got mad at me and she was honest and real. And then it came out that the root came out. Ooh, and then she was, once she was able to like be emotional with me and it was safe because she knew that I wasn't going to get upset at her for how she was feeling about me. We got to the root of some of the things that was, <laughs> that were triggering her in other areas of life. That and then we like could address that. Beautiful for a therapist to be able to do that. That was one of the first times that that actually happened mm. in this. And I was, I was very excited about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But you allowed so, them to not be in their, like all in their attachment style right. and codependency right. and people pleasing and you welcomed it and mm -hmm. you could handle it. Mm -hmm. So you were secure. Um, so, so, and that's a really long answer to say like no you can't really change your attachment style because it's solidified mm -hmm. by 18 months yeah typically okay. um but you can work on it you can change your knee-jerk reaction like so let me rephrase that you can work on it you can you can 180 your knee-jerk reaction mm -hmm. your trigger mm -hmm. and um there's lots of tools to, and insight to be able to do that yep so obviously therapy. <laughs> That's number one on every tool and resource. I mean, yeah, because it's literally obviously. someone, another human being, helping you regulate through mm -hmm. hard 
knee-jerk triggers mm -hmm. emotions, becoming aware of them and mirroring things mm -hmm. to you that you need to have mirrored to you. In an environment where you really do not have to care and you should not care about what your therapist is thinking or feeling yeah. to, about what you're saying. Yeah. Like in personal relationships, there's a little bit of that. Like you don't want to just completely burn your relationship. Yeah. Anyway, but therapy is a place where you do not need to care about taking care of your therapist or mm -hmm. what they're feeling. Yeah. And, and that's, that's why that's helpful. More probably so more just, for anxious attachment yeah. <laughs> styles. Yeah. But yeah, absolutely. Therapy is just going to help you become aware of it and 180 and shift some things. Um, and ultimately know how your attachment style is impacted by other attachment styles too. Mm -hmm. Mindfulness is a really, really great tool to use. Mindfulness is not, is about being less critical, judgmental, or shameful towards yourself, mm -hmm. um, less anxious, less preoccupied, less dismissive. Mindfulness is about being aware of an emotion and a feeling and a thought um, with curiosity and just observing it. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times I teach the language of it, which is like, I noticed I'm feeling X, Y, and Z when that was said. Mm -hmm. Or... And then that's all. Yeah, that's it. You don't it. have to do anything else with it at that point. Just at that point, or if you're trying to gain information with, because you're being curious about what's going mm -hmm. on, is like, I notice um, I'm really feeling like I want to make everyone happy right now. What's that about? Mm -hmm. Right? Like, what's that telling me? Is mm -hmm. ultimately your goal is not like, I have to make everyone happy. Judgment. Mm -hmm. Are oh my gosh, I did it again. I made every I like burned myself out. Everyone's awful. Everything's terrible. Mm -hmm. Judgment, mm -hmm. you know, um, or criticism on yourself. Or maybe it is I enjoy seeing people happy and mm. I enjoy bringing joy to people. Yeah. Okay, that's okay. That's okay. So that's like there are sometimes where your motive is good mm -hmm. and you're being curious about your motive. You're looking at it and you find out like, you know what? That's a healthy thing. Mm -hmm. I enjoy making people laugh yeah. and I enjoy bringing joy to people. And that, you know, is a gift that God has given me. So I'm going to continue doing what I'm doing. Mindfulness really helps assess that mm -hmm. and helps you to be more in the present moment than preoccupied with past or future mm -hmm. um so really shift some of your automatic thinking to some mindfulness thoughts mm -hmm. i notice i'm aware what's that about okay mm -hmm. um good assertiveness we always talk about assertiveness essentially that just means saying what you need to say um setting a boundary um making sure that you're communicating what you need to communicate mm -hmm. um so some resources I'll let Wendy speak to that. Mm -hmm. Some books that can be good. Um, there's one called How We Love by Milan and, oh, what's her name? I his no wife, Yurkovich. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's his wife. So sorry, you have yes. a real name. <laughs> Milan Yurkovich and, yeah. Yeah, the Yurkoviches. That's a good one. Uh, do they actually talk about these four attachment styles or it's a little bit different? I think they call them something different. Okay. But it still talks about attachment and how we love. Second one is the book Attachments. And I think there's another subtitle that goes along with that. But Attachments by Tim Clinton. Mm -hmm. The Attachment Project, which is an Instagram 
page and they have a website as well so mm -hmm. there's no books or anything for that one right i don't think Just so they stuff. do a ton of like visuals if you're a visual person they do okay. a ton of like visuals on instagram so that could be a good one if you don't have time to read a book yeah and it. they also have like a five minute quiz you can take on their website oh, fun um, and they have a lot of blogs of like how okay. it shows up in, in this stressor. This is how it shows up and in this mm -hmm. experience. Um, so okay. really so good, that's good for more of the snippets rather than the whole book. Mm -hmm. And then a podcast, which we have referenced earlier is the place we find ourselves by Adam Young, specifically episodes five and seven talk about attachments. I think there might be another one in there that you can scroll through mm -hmm. and look for another attachment episode. Um, but he explains it really well and we have used some of his concepts Oh, yeah, for in this, sure. Um, episode two, like so. I said, the attachment project and Adam Young, and obviously the researchers in like the 50s and 70s, um, but we used a lot of their stuff today. Yeah. So, and they have even more insight for you than this. Yeah. Wow. A lot of stuff. Um, a lot of really good stuff. Thank you guys for listening. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, I think before we close, I just want to reiterate to you who are moms and dads please, please don't listen to this episode and shame yourself. Mm -hmm. Please don't do that. Mm -hmm. It There's so many factors to attachment. There's so many things. If your child has an anxious attachment style, a dismissive or disorganized, it doesn't mean that you are a bad parent. Yeah. And if, they're not doomed. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, they're in God's hands more than they're in your hands. Yeah. Um, and I know that's hard, um, but I really just don't want anyone to shame themselves. Mm -hmm. Just be aware of like what God's working in your heart and yeah. be aware of some of your anxious, distractive tendencies and, and give that to God. Because mm -hmm. um, ultimately he's going to help you be more attuned to your child. Like none of us can be attuned on our own strength. Yeah. So ultimately it's God's heart for that. So he's going to give you the strength to do that. So I hope more than anything, this has just been insightful. Yeah. Um, Informative, not judgmental. Mm -hmm, absolutely. Because you could be a really great parent and you have other things going on. Yep. And that is okay. Obviously, like Grace said, she has more of an anxious attachment. She is a wonderful, loving, beautifully functioning human being. Aw, so. stop. <laughs> but go on. No, but <laughs> stop but don't. <laughs> Tell me more. But honestly, if, if, yeah. So, yeah, that's all. That's, yeah. I mean, that's not, <laughs> that's not all about you. <laughs> that's, I'm not going to go into any more detail about how you can be a fully functional, beautiful, contributing human with any of these non-secure attachments. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. what I want to say. Our goal is just to be informative today. Yep. Yeah. Please interact with us on Instagram at the Whole Mind Podcast. Email the Whole Mind Podcast at gmail.com. We really do love hearing from you guys. I get so excited when I get a message from you, either acknowledging something you learned or asking questions. Um, we love hearing from you. And um, I think that's all I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> we will talk to you next time. Yes. We won't see you. We will talk to you next time. And have a great day. Have a wonderful spring summer Ooh. whatever it is by the time we release that <laughs> yeah yeah i feel like it's easter yeah oh, right now it is. it's good friday this is when we're recording so it's going to have a good easter but it'll already be past I know. By the time if we, we ever this. confuse you about the dates just know that we record way ahead of yeah. time and yeah. it doesn't necessarily match when we release <laughs> but anyways so have a good life that's it for now to talk.